I don't think it's a big enough deal for me to be fucking depressed and stay at home in isolation yeah. and fucking house arrest. So I'm going to go out. And now you can at least be like, okay, I can hang out. I can go out. I don't need to yeah. wear a mask. I can hang out with my friends. I can, I can hang out with my family without fucking worrying that this virus is going to fucking kill me and my family. Yeah. Like I can, I can live my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that without that, you're just, you have to live in feet. Like you have to, it's based on what other people tell you. If you don't do your own research, you just yeah. have to trust everyone. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. My next guest name is Matt Jang. He's a co-founder of the Affiliate Institute, which is one of the world's foremost affiliate marketing education platforms where he has been a driving force in helping to generate over $100 million in sales. Matthew Orjang, as he's often referred to professionally, is a sought-after marketing strategist and consultant. Jang has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs learn to build, optimize, and scale their business. With his tutelage, many of his students now have their own successful online businesses that are doing between six to eight figures and enjoy a life of true freedom. Beyond his well-established skills, experience, and success, Jang's passion for helping others and shaking up the mainstream education system is abundantly clear in everything he does. Guys, this conversation is next level. We talk about everything to do with what's going on now, both of our perspectives. We talk about business, we talk about marketing. Jang gets into all this stuff. He opens up all his, you know, all these different areas of his expertise to you guys and really gives you a lot of value. This stuff is worth a lot what he's giving you today. So I highly suggest that you listen to this right to the end. Like I said, it's packed full. We get into a lot of different things. Um, and it's and it's probably one of the most educational and entertaining episodes we've had. It, it basically ticks all the boxes for whatever you're looking for. So whether you're going on a run, you're working out, you're cooking, whatever you're doing, you guys are going to love this. I promise you. And if you need to pause it in between to take a break, do it. But I highly suggest you listen to this right till the end because it's powerful. We have an incredible conversation. So if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button to stay on top of things on Apple podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you get value out of this, Make sure you leave us a review or tag us in a story, whatever you can do to show that you got value from this. Appreciate you guys. Like I said, you're going to love this episode. Matt Jang coming right up. Matthew Jang, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, dude. <laughs> Caught you mid-sip there. Um, <laughs> dude, so good to have you on, man. And, you know, it's been a long time coming. And I know that I want to do this in person at some point, but with what's going on in the world right now with this craziness, you know, this is going to have to do, and this will be good too, because you know, there's something about zoom interviews are good. Cause you can get good content and then you can like really, 
you know, you can repurpose it. This is what I really love, right? Also, because sometimes when you're filming in person, if you don't have those cameras set up. It's like you miss a lot of the good stuff. So yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true, yeah. man. We'll we'll get you. We'll get we'll get in person soon. What's this craziness that now? Yeah, brother. So where uh, how how are you doing with all this? What's uh what's going on? And uh, yeah, let's let's hear about your uh, your outlook on everything right now. Yeah, I mean, business wise, on on one of the businesses that we're running uh, with Affiliate Institute, we it's we're seeing advertising costs get cut in half. We're seeing the demand for people wanting to work from home increase. So that business is actually working extremely well we're we're kind of at a standstill where the talent that we're going to be using for a lot of the content we can't get them into the studio um you know there's so there's a lot of issues so and a lot of businesses what i'm seeing are struggling there so business-wise it's it's an up and down it's kind of like if you can if 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 you have the ability to be able to do everything remotely, you know, you, some of them can do quite well, but for anyone that needs any, if it's event based or anything where you're dealing with talent that has to fly around the world or anything like that, uh, can get quite tough. Um, so that way it's crazy, but yeah, I think there's a lot more going on. Like if we're just to look at what's happening here, the one thing that kind of, for me, I'm not, I'm not really worried about the virus. Um, I'm more so worried about the economic impact. I'm more so worried about the mental health impact of keeping people in isolation, which is essentially house arrest. You know, like I, I, I think that if we look at that stuff and especially the longer this goes on, that's where I feel that that is the craziest, you know, aspect of this. Cause it's, you know, a virus that now they're finding. And if you look at the CDC now, they're, they're finding that the, the deaths are, far less than what we thought they were. Mm. Um, you know, if it's going to kill millions of people, by all means, shut down the country. I get yeah. that. That's crazy. But when it's, don't get me wrong, I don't want to make light of it. Like yeah. it's, people are dying. It's, yeah. that's the thing. But guess what? People are dying from the flu. People are dying from pneumonia. People are dying from all sorts of things. Um, and if this was going to be something that killed millions and millions of people, then sure, shut it all down. But I don't think the numbers that we have now, the data that we have now justifies shutting everything down. And I think if we look at the amount of jobs that are lost, the amount of businesses that are shut down that aren't going to reopen now, the amount of people that are now dealing with depression that are, you're going to see, you're going to see, uh, uh, like you're going to, you're going to see as bad as it is, you're going to see suicide rates go up. You're going to yeah. see all these different impacts that I believe are far worse than, than, you know, getting a scratchy throat and, and having a bit of a cough and maybe, you know, like, ah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a heated it's a, thing. For me. It's, a crazy, it's crazy. Right. And like, how long has it been now? I think it's almost two months. Right. I think, yeah. I think it was around, I remember it kind of hitting around the 12th of March, the, you know, the NBA got shut down and then the NHL got shut down and shit was like, what, what what's going this on? This is here? getting real. Like, like this what? was like once the NBA, I remember I had gone to the Canucks game, the Islanders on the 10th or 11th of March. And, you know, there was that Corona talk, but everyone's like, fuck, it's just another thing. It's like another scare. Right. And then the next yeah. night we're, 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 we're just watching, we're going to watch the Oilers game, you know, having a bit too many beers at that point, but uh, all of a sudden they shut the NBA down and then we we're like, what the fuck? And the next day it was the NHL is done. And then when you, that's when you knew, all right, this is, this is strange. It was like a yeah. weird feeling. Right. And yeah. it's, it's really, it's crazy because like there was so much panic there was like, you know, the toilet paper stuff, obviously. And like the fear of people, the fear of like the real of like what people really are came out, like their true colors of like a lot of people that 
I, this is what, this is what came to me was a lot of people that don't have the tools or have done any work. were kind of lost. A, a lot of people who had kind of put in time, like, you know, we'll get into that with us and like, you know, how you had a big impact in my life on how I started all this stuff. But you know, there was a lot of, lot of things or a lot of people didn't have the tools to get through shit. And it was almost like panic button time. And then that just shows it's like, Holy fuck, these people that haven't, haven't had these skills and it's not just for business. It's for life too. It's like, like how do you show up when shit hits the fan? And it's like, it was fucking mind boggling to see some of it, man. Like some of the people just like, and, and now it's like, a, it's been just like this lesson of, of, of like, just, just watching this. Nobody was ever prepared. Like you're going to get, you got to prepare for a pandemic. Like nobody ever talked about that. No, yeah. No one's fucking prepared for that shit. But, but yeah. I think you touched on something great there is that, you know, how do you deal with it when shit hits the fan? Cause guess what? That's fucking life. That's yeah. business. That's everything. Like you're, you're never going to be able to plan for the next pandemic or the next equivalent to your business pandemic or whatever the hell goes on. Yeah. But it's in those moments in time where you find out what you're really made of and, and how you can really handle it. Cause it's, you know, anyone, anyone can, can practice, anyone can practice in a fake world, you know, and, and, or in, in their own mind, but it's kind of like when it comes game time, how do you show up? Yeah. You know, like you can be, you can be a whiz in practice and have all the moves, but when the pressure's on, yeah. what, what happens? Do you show up to the occasion or do you crumble? And it's like, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's a, it's, it's a certain mental toughness that you have to have to be able to deal with this type of shit where it's perfectly logical to be fucking crazy right now. You know, it's perfectly logical to to look at everything going on and to let that fully consume you to a point where you don't get anything done and you stay at home and you're fucking scared and you don't know what to do, but it takes a certain type of mental toughness to look at that and be like, I'm not going to let that shit fucking affect me. I'm going to still make sure that I show up for my family the way that I want to. I'm going to still make sure that I show up for my business the way I want to. I'm going to make sure that I voice my opinions. And so if we can, you know, if we can spark people to start thinking for themselves where I think right now we need that more than ever, I think we we need people to stand up, especially when we got a fucking Nazi for a prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. I think we really need to, to bound together here because, you know, shit could get really crazy really fast. You know, they're, they're look at like, yeah. ah, I don't want to get too deep into here, but it, 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 if ah, it can go real bad, real quick, like we're living in 1984 in real life right now. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, dude, you're totally right. It's, we've just kind of, this is the beginning. The aftermath is what's going to happen. Like when the money runs out and, you know, I, I, I thought about when I used to work in the bars, right. I relied on tips, you know, yeah. I'd spend it as much as I got it. And, yeah. you know, I did that for years. I ran bars in Australia. I did all that before I went on, you know, got out of that stuff. But like, I put myself in that position. Like if I was living overseas in like Australia, for instance, I don't even know if I'd be able to apply for the money that they, that they provide, you know? And like, there's so many people relying on that, but what happens when that goes away? What happens when these businesses, bars, restaurants, or whatever can't open up to capacity even like there's a lot of shit. And it's like, where do these people go? Like, what do people do to work? Like it's, it's a weird fucking thought, man, because there's a serious issue there and not to be a Debbie downer, but it's the reality of what's going to happen from all this. And from this, I don't want to downplay it either, but I've, I've said it as well. I'm like, yes, people have been dying but there's people dying all over the fucking world, but doesn't get any attention ever. And is what's happening really worth 
shutting businesses down and people losing everything for it for what has actually happened. It's fucked up, man. It, it's, you look at it, we're giving up every, it, like, man, if you look at like <laughs> the people who started this country and how they would look at this and the people that have fought and, and given their lives so that our countries can have freedom and fucking people are giving up all of their rights because they're scared of getting sick. You know how fucking crazy those people would look at it? They'd be like, are you fucking, why the fuck did we, why did we risk our lives? Why do we give up our lives to give you freedom? And now the fucking illusion of a pandemic, you guys give up your right to free speech. You give up your right to peacefully assemble. You give up your, you give up your right to bear arms. Look at Trudeau's now banning 1500 different guns. Like all of our rights are just going out the window. Yeah. And Oh man, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't, same thing. I don't want to do this and be like a Debbie Downer, but I think that it is important for people to be aware of what's going on. I think ignorance uh, in this day and age, when we live in an information age, ignorance is a choice at that point. There's more than enough information. Yes, there's misinformation too. So you got to make sure that you do your due diligence and you make sure you do the right research and you got to make sure that you're getting it from credible sources. But if we can honestly think that the mainstream media is going to give us credible information and credible sources. Well, we gotta we gotta give our head a shake a little bit. We gotta look at like those mainstream media is owned by six different corporations. Yeah. Six corporations own all of the media, right? And 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 if we were to think, if we, you look at the abuse of power everywhere, right? Anyone that's given uh, uh, you know absurd amounts of power abuses it at one form, one form, one way or another. It's it's kind of inevitable almost. Like it's it's very rare to find a group that doesn't. So if we were to know that, like you don't think that, like uh, you look at look at. I don't want to get too crazy here, but it's it just oh, like man, if you, whatever, man. Like you, you look at you look at like so fuck. You look at patents, man. Like. Why the fuck is there a patent for the coronavirus in fucking 2006 or some shit? Yeah. Why is there a patent for the vaccine that was applied in 2014? Why is that owned from Purebright? And why does Bill Gates have connections to that? You know, like why, why, why would we now want to go towards a vaccine? Who stands to make billions of dollars from that type of stuff? You know, like when we look at our medical industry, why is it all the doctors are coming on the news and they're telling us to take different either medications or vaccines? Why don't they talk to us about building up our immune system and the foods we should be eating and the water we should be drinking? And like, where's that conversation? Like, why why does every solution have to be a pill? Why does every solution have to be a vaccine? I, I don't know about you guys, but that's a big fucking industry that makes a lot of money. Right. And if you follow the money, like why would, and this is the, the, the hard part. Like when you look at companies like pharmaceutical companies or vaccine companies, why would they create a product that makes you as a customer never buy their product again? They're not going to do it. There's no no chance. There's no chance. They're all about money. How do I make billions of dollars? Am I going to give you something that cures you? And then you never have to buy another vaccine or pill for me again. No chance. I'm going to make it, maybe maybe mask the 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 issues that you're having now but it's going to awaken something else and guess what i got a fucking pill for it too and then (laughs) you know like it's a fucked up system that we live in now and it's, it's, it's it's definitely crazy but i think that you know right now during these times i think that it's very important that 
don't stay in isolation. I would get out in the sun as much as possible. Hang out with people as much. If you're sick, stay home. If you want to stay home because you're scared, stay home. But don't feel that you have to stay home. If you look in the States now, all of these forced stay-at-home orders, right? The Constitution does not fucking become null and void during a pandemic, right? You, you have to, like, laws have to go through a certain process for you to actually be able to implement them. And if you look at this, all these governors telling people to stay at home and they can't leave their house. Anytime those people have fought that in court, they won. And they're the one person of the state that now can go about their day and do whatever they want while everyone else has to stay home. So like everyone just has to like know their rights, know that they can't force you to stay home. If you feel like you want to get outside, get outside, go get some yeah. fresh air, hang out with people. Like, like I think that the, the isolation and people staying inside and people being in fear and, and not hanging out with other people, I think like that's going to have such an impact on your mental health and really mess with you a lot more than potentially getting a virus that has such a low fatality rate based on all the data that we have now that's from the CDC. Go on the CDC's website. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but they changed the deaths and like yeah, almost cut them in half. Because weird. So, so what about this? <laughs> okay, right? How does that okay. even happen? Okay, so the flu, the last, for years, has killed like pretty much the same amount of people every year. I think it's like 60 to 80 or 40 to 60,000 every year. It's always been around the same. But 2019, all of a sudden, the flu didn't kill really many people. That's fucking weird. How come all of a sudden it's like, and then 2019, it's fucking way down here. That doesn't cause any red flags, but they're all COVID deaths now. You look at fucking doctors that are forced to put COVID on someone that's never been tested for COVID. They've never proved positive, but they're being forced to put COVID on their death certificate because they get $13,000 if they have a COVID patient. And if that patient goes on a respirator, they now get $39,000 or $36,000. Again, follow the money. If I get a normal client and I don't get anything, but if I say they're a COVID death, I get 13,000. And if I put them on a ventilator, I get 36 or 39,000. What am I going to do? People do what they're incentivized to do. If that makes me more money, that's what I'm going to do. Like that's, I'm not saying that like me personally, I'm saying as hospitals, as businesses that probably aren't out for our, our, like, don't get me wrong. There are there are still great people. There are still great. So like, there's a reason why we have hospitals. I'm not meaning to say like everything's fucking shitty, but it's just, we need to think about stuff like that and just not accept. It's just critical thinking should be a thing. We should just make sure that we just accept everything that's being told to us. Not, not even me. Like, don't just believe shit that I say or shit that Lance says or anyone says like one of the things my dad always, when I grew up, one thing my dad always instilled into me was you never ever take someone's word and just believe it ever. You always fact check. I don't care if it's your brother. He's even if it's me, even if it's my dad, you you fact check because what a lot of people do is say they show up to this podcast. They hear me say some shit and they just go out and start telling people fucking, did you hear about this? This is what's going on. But they, they have no fucking idea. They never fact checked. They didn't see if that's actually true. I could be making shit up right now. Yeah. I could be totally full of shit or I could have the wrong data and think I'm telling the truth, but I just had the wrong data. Like you gotta, you gotta fact check everything. Like, and, and when you start to fact check everything, shit's not adding up, you know? Yeah. Like it's, yeah it's, it's, especially now where you have the, you have the ability to look shit up. There's no excuse. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not, you know, if the fifties where we just had the radio on and we just trusted the radio it was a whole different world. Then now we have the opportunity to investigate things and you're right. Don't take anybody's word for it. I say this with everything too. I'm like, when I talk about health, when I talk about whatever, I'm like, 
your body, you're, you're a unique instrument. You need to do what's best for you, but you need to try different shit. You need to investigate. This is life. This is the journey. This is your human experience. Yeah. You have the right to question everything. And like, it's really important to do so. And why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to be curious? Someone's yeah. fucking telling you to do something that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you want to question that? Like, and, and the problem, what I have is like the fucking censorship, man. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, what, what, yeah. what, like, what is going on here? Whether, right out the Ike, window. <laughs> whether Ike is wrong, whatever. He's, obviously, it's crazy shit. That's one way. But it's not whether David Ike and talking about lizards is, is, is right or wrong. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's, it's fucking entertaining and whatever. You can have your yeah. opinion. But it's yeah. the free speech, yeah. right? It's like... Yeah. YouTube, it's, 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 look, these platforms are great. They can be used for such great things, but why censor? Why not have the debate? If there is a chance that the narrative is wrong, why wouldn't you, why, like, what the fuck, man? Why wouldn't you want something that, that's actually right for humanity? And if there, if it was, they wouldn't censor it. Right. Right. And it, and it, and it shouldn't have, the thing is, is like, look at when they censor this type of stuff. So even like the doctors, those couple doctors you see in LA that were going yeah. over some of the stats and data. Yeah, that was great. They were using, they, they weren't making shit up. They were using CDC data. They were, yeah. they were, they were not even making their own numbers. They were taking what they have done and they're using their numbers, but they were comparing it with CDC data. So they're not, they're, they're using the data that's given to everyone and they're yeah. going, Hey, this is, this is what the numbers say and that gets shut down but then you look at all the crazy shit that's still on youtube that's still on twitter that's still on all these networks that doesn't get shut down why the fuck is that like what like that, yeah it doesn't know, make sense man doesn't make sense dude doesn't make sense now I, I don't mean to say this to and 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 you know it's not meant to be like all doom and gloom and craziness but the thing is the what i want the reason why i want to talk about this more is because i see a lot of people that are just fucking scared they're yeah. scared they think they got to wear a mask they're afraid to go out of their house they're afraid to fucking hang out with people and i think like living in that state of fear yeah. is fucking painful i think that it's it's it does a toll on you and so if all this does it's just allow you to do the research to go hey you know what i don't think the virus is as bad as it is based on the data that i'm looking at or you look at the data and you go hey you know what that's a risk i'm not willing to take whatever wherever it is but now you feel confident that you did the research you looked yeah. at the data and now you made a decision based on the data to either go hey you know what i'm gonna stay home because i don't feel comfortable about this or I don't think it's a big enough deal for me to be fucking depressed and stay at home in isolation yeah. and fucking house arrest. So I'm going to go out and now you can at least be like, ah, okay, I can hang out. I can go out. I don't need to yeah. wear a mask. I can hang out with my friends. I can, I can hang out with my family without fucking worrying that this virus is going to fucking kill me and my family. Yeah. Like I can, I can live my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that without that, you're just, you have to live in feet. Like you have to, it's based on what other people tell you. If you don't do your own research, you just yeah. have to trust everyone and not everyone has your best interest. That's and so, so I just, if you can do your own research and just either the one, either you go, Hey, you know what? Now I don't have to question it. And I think that based on the data, I should stay home. But now I go, Hey, at least I know I feel I'm safe because I've looked at the data or, or you look at the data and you realize, Hey, you know what? I think, I think I'll take the chance. I'll go out. I'll hang out with my friends. I'll make sure that I just live my life and I do what I want to do. And now I'm not fucking worried about, about, you know, craziness. Mm. Yeah. No, you brought up a good point about fear. And I highly encourage anybody that doesn't believe that theory, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, they all talk about it. They prove what fear does to your immune system. Yeah, like it's huh? fucking, it's, it's one of the things that can destroy you. And that's not woo woo. This is like, 
this is science, man. Scientific back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You look at our, our minds are really powerful. If we can understand how it affects our biology and our physiology of our entire body, like just by thought alone. And this has been yeah. proven over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Like you look at, you look at just a quick one, just for those that maybe haven't heard anything about this, but like even uh, psycho cybernetics does, does Great a good book. one there. Right. They do one. And, and so just to understand that, like, our mind can't tell whether we're physically doing something or whether we're imagining ourselves doing something. So they've done this numerous times from kids, from people shooting free throws to learning piano to numerous different things, even doing bicep curls. But they did, they did a free throw one where they took one group, they had them practice shooting free throws. They took another group, they had them imagine themselves practice shooting free throws. Then they took another group and they didn't have them practice at all. And the two groups that imagined practicing and actually practiced grew and learned and developed and got better while the one that didn't didn't do anything and so that's showing that just by thought alone they were learning skills they were changing the physiologically in their body they were changing the way that their mind speaks to their muscles they were changing a lot of different shit and it's been proven over and over again the joe dispenza did a great one where they went to a hotel and they started looking at all these maids and what they were shocked by was that he was watching these maids and they're running around up and down stairs into all these rooms they're cleaning the walls they're running like they're running all over the place they're doing a lot more physical activity than the average person yet all of them are overweight what is going on here and so he brings these groups of maids in and he goes he goes hey let's split them up into two groups and let's have a chat with them the one we're just going to just say hey you're doing a great job keep going right the other group they're going to go hey did you know that that you guys are actually doing more physical exercise than what's actually recommended daily. You know that's actually really good for your heart. You know that it'll actually help you lose weight. It'll actually get your waist size to go down. You'll actually feel better and you'll actually have more energy and you'll actually just be happier. Did you know that? And they're like, no, I didn't know that. But now they had a different assigned meaning to what they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. So they were doing the exact same work that they were doing as the same group as the, others, as, as the other group. They're doing the exact same work but they have a different assigned meaning. They're like, oh, I'm running up and down the stairs. That's good for my heart rate. That's gonna help me lose weight. I'm gonna get more energy. I'm gonna feel better. Well, wouldn't you know it, two, three weeks goes by, all of them lost weight, waist sizes down, had more energy, felt better, and the other group that they said, go do your job, nothing changed. And the only difference was the assigned meaning that they had, what they thought about what they were doing. And so the reason why I bring this up is when we're talking about fear, now that's in a positive light, Imagine what happens when you're in fear and stress and what that does to your body. Yeah. It's not fucking good. Stress is the biggest killer ever, right? And fear causes a lot of stress. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we just need to make sure that like, like if all that you get out of this is to come up with a way for yourself to just be able to deal with the fear and, and get over, either get over it or, or, or whether it's through meditation, whether it's going through and doing your own research to find out stuff, but just to get, a, get to a place where you can just be happy and be grateful and then, and then yeah. live your life, to, you know, make the most out of the shitty situation that we're in right now and not succumb to the fucking fear and the fear mongering and all the other bullshit that's going on and just make the most of what we have. And I know it's not a great time and it's not the greatest time to be around, but all we can do is, is make the most of what we have now. Um, and, and just being in fear and being scared and, and, and just relying on other people to spoon feed us information. Uh, it just doesn't help the, the, the issue. I don't think. Yeah, no, man. I, I love it. I love when you, uh, how do you explain that? Cause it's such fucking gold, bro. And just for all you guys listening, you know, I wanted to give some insight 
you know, if it wasn't for, first of all, the big, big impact in my life, obviously meeting Balage, being introduced, introduced to Nagic and coming across you and Julian and, and with the whole GAZ thing and all that, man. And that was like fucking such a pivotal moment in my life is because you're talking about this stuff. And it reminded me of when I first started all this and that journey, when I started in 2017, what you were able to teach us about, you know, gratitude and, and mindset and goals and how to get to that state. Because before that, it was, I've heard about it. And this is stuff people talk about. But when you start to see people having success and you start to see people that you're, you can relate with talking about it, it's not this woo stuff. And then you start to bring in the science. And then that's when I started to get curious and start reading. And we start getting into this. You start seeing this shit happen, you know, with like the magic and happy pocket full of money and like all these great books. That shit is fucking, that had such an impact on my life, bro. And I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that stuff. So I wanted to say thank you for that, bro, because that reminded me of like when you were going off, I used to love it when you, 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 you could, you know, recite from a book and talk about the message out of there because it's so important, bro. And I love it because gratitude is such, such a fucking big deal in, in, in your life. And this right now, I was listening to a podcast, Lewis Howes, he was, listening, he was uh, interviewing Sarah Blakely and um, what's her husband's name? They're, um, I forget what his name is. Super successful. Anyways, they were talking about gratitude and gratitude right now, it, just for the little things, you know, all the things that have been taken away from us, man. Like we would have never thought even in 2017, 2018. Oh yeah. In 2020, you're not going to be able to go out and hang out with your friends at a bar. You're not going to be able to go for a coffee. Fucking it's going to be closed. Like all these little things that we took for granted were taken away. And now when they come back, people are going to be like, fucking thank you, God. It's back. Like we can do the little things. And if that is not the greatest lesson of this whole thing right now, bro, is, is the gratitude. I don't know what is because I know it hasn't been as bad here. I know you're in Kelowna. I'm in Vancouver. There's it's worse in other places, but man, what a fucking lesson of gratitude, you know? Totally. Like, and, and I'm trying to like, I got the magic here somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> I had to, I had to bring up the, this, all that, man, because like, that shit this, is just so important. Yeah. And it had <laughs> such a pivotal point in my life as to fucking switching the way you think about shit. That, right? that one thing, yeah, that one piece, like if all you did was read that book, and especially in times like this, it's super easy to lose, uh, uh, to lose sight of what's important. It's super easy to be unappreciative of everything that we do have. And in these moments in time like this, that's when we start to really go, oh shit, you know, I fucking, you know, like I took a lot of these things for granted. And, and even the smaller shit, you know, when you get to the point of like, I'm grateful for the fact that I can fucking see. I'm a human being. Like yeah. one in 400 trillion chance. My fucking parents have sex two seconds later and I'm not fucking born. Like, yeah. like I'm a human. I can walk. I can fucking talk. I can, we're, we're talking and you're fucking so far away right now, but you could be across <laughs> the world. We could still be having this conversation. Like that's fucking crazy. It's insane. Like, like, like so if we're just grateful for like for all the little things, the fact that we can breathe, they're a human, we can like all these things. And if we're, we realize you know that saying like, don't sweat the small stuff, you know? And when you're truly grateful for everything, you yeah. start to realize it's all small stuff. 
You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's a crazy pandemic going on, but I'm fucking alive. Like I'm yeah. a fucking human that's alive. That's on a fucking rock floating in the fucking universe. Yeah, and man. the fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like there's so many things that are still amazing, even though this shit's crazy, even though crazy yeah. shit's going on. Like there's still so much, like it's never been better. Life is never like, with the amount of technology that we have, the connection that we have, like we've never had, like, ah, like it, it's even with a pandemic going on, there's craziness going on, but there's so much to be grateful for. Yeah. And when we can be, when we can practice that, especially during times like this, when everything's crazy, if you could take the magic and just practice that every morning, just really, if all you did was just go over 10 things that you're grateful for every morning, yeah. all the things, like if that's all that you did and, and the magic will show you gratitude in different areas. But if all you did was 10 things I'm grateful for every morning from the fact of like the fucking flowers that are outside, the fucking, yeah. the air that I get to breathe, the fact that I can walk my family, my kids, like, like the roof over our head, the food on our table, like every little thing. And every day you just took time to really not just say it, yeah. Not just say like, oh, I'm grateful for this, but like feel that like, like I'm, and if you can really feel that now all of a sudden, like when you're truly in that state, you know, it's like, don't sweat the small stuff. And when you're in the state of gratitude, you realize it's all small stuff. Yeah, man. And, and it's like, it's not even about, yeah. Like even if it's just programming yourself because the, we're so programmed to be you know, we're in fear. When you go outside, the majority of people are scared, right? It's our, it's our brain. It's our brain to keep us safe. Right. So even though like it, even if it seems like it's a boring task, you know, maybe one day you're going to feel it more than the other. You're still, you're implementing the habit of being grateful. So you're, you're just getting used to feeling it. So you're just all of a sudden, I can speak for this personally because I was fucking negative and I would see negative shit all the time. And then you just, shit just flips. You're like, Oh, I see it's You know, it's not so bad. And then everything becomes the bright side. Life turns to the bright side. And it's like, even my mom, I gave my mom the book recently. She, she's, you know, lover, but she can be stubborn. Gave it to her. She says it's the best book she's ever read because it's fucking changed her life. The amount of people that I got the, by far the most yeah. positive feedback I get from a book ever. And I've recommend a lot of books. Like yeah. I recommend a ton. That is by far the one that I get the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. It's like, cause when you look at it, like when you think about that, I was very similar to you as well, where I was very, very negative, right? Before, like my mom would try to get me to read books like this and I thought she was a lunatic. Um, yeah. And I was just, I was just super negative. I thought the world happened to me, but it's like, I love what Tony says, you know, like where, where attention goes, energy flows. And so yeah. it's not that like, it's, it's when you're in that negative state. And I know for me, when I was constantly negative all the time, you put on this filter. And so it's like a putting on a lens and that lens it filters out all positivity and only allows you to see negativity because that's yeah. what you focus on, right? And so when you start doing something like gratitude and the magic and something where you start shifting your focus to now focus on what's grateful, what you're grateful for, you start putting on a different lens. And now yeah. this lens filters out the negative and allows you to see what you're grateful for. Because the thing is, is like, we can only focus on so much at once, right? Yeah. And, and we all have our own lenses and our lenses get put on based on our experiences throughout life and the way that we grow up and our environment that we're around. Um, and so we start to build up these filters that we start to view the world through. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's not like, if you, like you, you'll have this example probably. I think most people do. You ever, you ever think about buying a car? I don't know why the car one always works, but you think about buying a car 
And then all of a sudden you fucking can't stop seeing it everywhere. It's like yeah. before I thought about buying this car, I never saw it. But now that yeah. I think about buying it, it's fucking everywhere. Well, it's even like, like my, I have a Jeep and every time I never saw Jeeps in my fucking life, black Jeep, the one yeah. that I have, I see them everywhere now. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. But, but what changed? Was it like, man, as soon as Lance bought a Jeep, yeah. we fucking grabbed a ship full of Jeeps and we found out where Lance was. We fucking yeah. docked them, put them all out. And we made sure that they followed Lance around everywhere he went. Yeah. No, like, like, he just has a new awareness now. And now yeah. that he has a Jeep and sees it, like he sees them now more. Well, the same thing happens when we focus on positive things, we focus on negative things. It's not, they're all there. Yeah. All of the positive and all of the negative things are already there. But we can only focus on so much. So whatever you intend on and focus on more is what you're, the filter that you're going to see the world through. Yeah. And so we can choose to be wearing a filter of fear and look around and just be scared shitless because of all the crazy shit that's going on. Because if you want to look at just things that are scary and fearful, guess what? You're going to find them. There's some crazy shit that goes on in the world, yeah. right? But, yeah. but does that serve us? Does it help us? Does it serve us at all? You know, why wouldn't we want to put on a filter that allows us to view the good in the world, that allows us to, even if there's crazy shit going on, allow us to just be fucking grateful and live and just be happy, you know, with yeah. what we have and just be, you know, uh, be appreciative and make the most of what we got. And if that's all that it is, uh, you know, I, I think if, if, if we all just did that, you know, I think we'd be able to get rid of a lot of this fear and, 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 you know, who knows what, what's going to happen over the next bit. But I mean, all we can do is make the most of it. Us being yeah. scared and fearful and freaking out is not helping the situation. And it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not, it, it doesn't create a good experience. It's not what I want to live. Mm -hmm. You know, if, even if the world was going to go crazy right now, like, wouldn't you want to make the most of what we have for now, even if it was, and not even to say that it is going to be like that. Cause guess what? It's probably going to bounce back and it's probably going to bounce back, you know, maybe not quickly, but when it does, Maybe this, maybe this stuff had to happen for us to really appreciate what we have. Maybe the world had to go to shit now to realize like, oh, fuck, I really value, you know, hanging out with my friends. I really value the rights that we have. You know, like maybe yeah. we start to appreciate them more when they get taken away. Um, yeah, it's not the truth, man. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, dude, I, I would love to get some insight into your kind of your journey that you've been on because, you know, getting kind of seeing the progression and we both, you know, it's really interesting how, you know, everybody evolves and everybody goes on these different journeys. Right. But it's not always easy. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to walk through, you know, because there is a time where, you know, with, with everything you, you guys did with global affiliate zone and everything. And like, it was such a amazing time. You know, you guys were teaching so many people about, you know, the education platform about how to do marketing online mindset and really tying it all together. And, you know, as time goes on, things change, you know, people start there, there, you start to, I can't even imagine having so many people and just like, Whoa, like you guys, it grew. And it was just like a fucking amazing thing. You know, what, what, what has been, what was your biggest challenge through all of that? And maybe like now during the pivot and like the last little while of how you've gone kind of from there to uh, affiliate Institute and kind of like what you've learned through this, because it's, it's just, it fascinates me, man, because like, you know, seeing your journey and seeing, 
you know, different people doing different things. It's just like, it's, 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 it's really, really, it, it fascinates me, man. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, if I were to, so when I look at like GAZ and even like the person I was when we started GAZ, um, I was, you know, from the, uh, from its infancy, like it started with me and Julian coming off of like hundred thousand dollar months living in Thailand. Yeah. So we went from, making okay money to all of a sudden like we're fucking making bank and like a lot of it went to my head um in the very beginning um i i definitely i went from making sixteen hundred dollars a month at a butcher shop to a hundred times in that you know within a matter (laughs) of a few years and so it was like it definitely went to my head um and I want like one of the biggest struggles was me and Julian in the very beginning, we did everything. We didn't hire anyone. Like we fucking did everything. We were customer support. We were operations. We were sales. We were fucking finance. We were everything. Like we're now like we have a team of, you know, a lot of people that do a lot of like a lot of this, like our, our, yeah, like we, like we would not be able to do what we do. But it was like, so in the beginning, we tried to do it all ourselves and realized that we're not good at a lot of shit. You know, like there's a lot of, like I should not be in charge of, of finance. I don't know how to yeah. set budgets. I don't know how to do all yeah. that stuff. I need, like, if you give me the budget, I'm going to spend it all on marketing, which is fine. Um, but like there's other things that are involved, like operations and, and customer support and service and, and a lot of other pieces. Um, and so there's a lot of learning curves where, you know, this was the first time that we went from uh, just being an affiliate to now owning our own kind of products and, and, and having our own, our own customers buying our own stuff. So there was a, definitely a battle of, of trying to do everything ourselves, uh, battling the the ego quite a bit as well. Not that an ego is a bad thing. Like I still have it. Everyone still has it, but it's, it's the difference of, it's the difference of either you calling the shots or your ego calling the shots. And in the very beginning, when I first started getting a lot of results, my ego was calling the shots, right? Whereas now I can use it as a tool. And there are some times where I can call the shots and I can still get out of there. Like I'm not by any means perfect. I think I just got a little bit better at managing it. I'm still not there. And I don't think I'll ever, be there. It's always going to be a, a growing thing, but uh, I think that that had an effect. And then wanting to do everything ourselves, and then it was a from wanting to do everything ourselves to just wanting to outsource everything. And so I went from doing everything ourselves to now just throwing money at problems. Um, and we had so much money that it was just like, damn, we had a programmer that was like Julian's best friend growing up. Like his mom changed his diapers, and the guy he he ended up he ended up he built out our platform and uh yeah some shady shit happened and he ended up stealing like four hundred thousand dollars you know like um you know like there was a lot of things like that uh there there so there's just a lot like like the stress like yeah we were making a lot of money it did come with like a lot of bigger problems um and it came with a lot of stresses there um and then it, it started getting to the point where like we, we were, we were hiring fast, firing slow. We had some of the wrong people in place that were just taking advantage of us. We didn't have any metrics. So we weren't tracking what people were doing very much. Whereas like now it's like every single role that we have in our entire company, like everyone has KPIs. They have to meet them weekly. If they're not meeting them, that gets brought up. Like it's, it's the shift from hiring fast and firing slow to mm. hiring slow and firing fast, which you know, it was something we were all taught, but we, I just, I'm the worst at, 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 at that part. Yeah. But, um, so we dealt with a lot of struggles there of just being, 
you know, the first time really owning a company versus just being an affiliate, like there's a huge, huge, huge difference between being an affiliate, which is essentially a salesperson and then owning a company and running a company. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I thought it was the same things. We're just, we're selling this now we're just selling our own thing, but mm -hmm. it comes with a lot of, a lot more stuff. Um, and so there's a lot of struggles, but like I, I, and I got to a lot of parts where a lot of struggles I'm super grateful for, but it was in the moment in time, man, fucking stressful as fuck stressed out like crazy going through burnout. Cause I just, I just, we were trying to do so many things at once and trying to do everything. Uh, so I definitely got burnt out a ton of times. Uh, I wasn't taking the time for myself. I felt like if I was, if I took time for myself, then, you know, if someone had a, a support issue or something and I didn't fucking go handle it, or if I didn't resolve it, you know, cause they came to me then, you know, I can't take the time off or do that. And then, wow. so I just like, you know, I got to this crazy burnout phase where, cause I, I thought I could absolutely help everyone always. And that there was no fucking way that I couldn't help anyone. And so I wouldn't, if I took a break and someone needed my help or needed something and I wasn't there, like I really beat myself up about shit like that. Um, but it's just, it's not sustainable. There's no way for you to be able to do that. Um, and just on your own, you got to build the systems and processes and have the right people in place. And there's a lot of things that go into being able to, to do that. And then, so we dealt with a lot of shit. And then thankfully, um, you know, as we're going through this, I had Cameron in our corner. So as we're going through and doing all of this, obviously we had, you know, the mentorship and guidance of, of Cameron who, who really taught me pretty much everything. Um, and so like, I don't think we would have got through any of the stuff at GAZ if we didn't have him in, in our, in our corner to help out with a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, it, it ended up getting to the point where, um, uh, we ended up getting to the point where, you know, it's going, it's going well, but we had, uh, we had a group that was kind of, uh, uh, pushing the boundaries. We'll say, uh, they were pushing the boundaries and, uh, it, it ended up, uh, being a potential threat. Uh, to the company. And so we had to make a lot of adjustments really, really quickly. Um, and we had to really take a look at our business and really kind of look at it um, and be like, you know, this is a threat that uh, essentially, you know, it, it wasn't started by us. Like we, we didn't start it, but it, it kind of just, you know, it, it, it opened us up to, to a position where we had to, we had to be like, man, we got to do something here to put us in a position where like we have the most solid foundation that no one person or no one group could ever put us in a position like this again. So we had to really like look at our model and, and then think about like, what did we really want to do? Like, who did we really want to serve? And, and, and at the, at that point, Jay-Z was just a marketing system for one company, right? Mm -hmm. It was a marketing system for an ad and that's all it was. And don't get me wrong, an ad I love and we'll always be promoting an ad and it'll be probably the only direct sales offer we ever promote. Um, but I felt that there were so many people that would reach out to us all the time that were like, Hey, you're teaching people how to market this. Like, can you help me market my business? Can you help me get leads and sales for the business that I already have? And we didn't have the ability to serve them because we only had, it was all focused training on one offer. Mm. Um, and Cameron always had, you know, he had his other company and, and he had to focus on the education side more. And then, uh, you know, it ended up working out that we were able kind of, we were kind of aligned there where what Cameron wanted to do and what we wanted to grow into were, were very aligned. And, and so in last year, in 2018, we, we did a, a soft pivot to, to the affiliate Institute mm -hmm. and now went from just helping people market one offer to now anyone that promotes anything, Right. If you want to learn how to build, optimize, and scale a campaign, you come to us. 
Um, and so we ended up bringing in like Cameron, who is now the CEO of the company. He ended up bringing in like, he's one of the smartest people I know. Um, and he's just really, really, really good at what he does. And he ended up bringing in like experts in copywriting, experts in finance, experts in funnel building, experts in Facebook and YouTube traffic. So now instead of us creating all of the training, we are bringing like beasts to come in that are like the best at what they do. Um, and, and really creating it in a curriculum where it wasn't just like, you know, like what GSE was, it was just click by click, but very basic. Now we have like and we have like quizzes and certifications and like you have to prove that you know the information before you move to the next step yeah, so that good. that we know we can stack on top of it and it puts us in a position where we're building out uh, all of our curriculum with the head of a uh, with the help of um, a university professor that is is helping us move on track to be able to go towards uh, being accredited which is a very very long process it takes years to be able to do but we we started with that intention that we're going to be doing it in that way so that we can eventually be accredited um and i because for me i really 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 want to disrupt education um i i made the mistake of going to business school uh, and thinking that was a good idea um and then i found out that my business school teacher had never run a business in her entire <laughs> life and that she made forty five thousand dollars a year and i'm like well why the hell am i here why why would anyone go to business school and be taught and now there is a very small percentage where they actually do have businesses like people that run businesses that are teaching but i think it's very very small like that 90%. seems so strange to me that why wouldn't you have somebody teaching a business school that's actually dominated well, business. well because because if you if i'm making seven eight figures yeah, true nine yeah. figures why am i going to get paid forty five thousand dollars a year you know what i mean like there's no way i'm going to do that right yeah. so the way to get business is not by going to university school yeah. that's not where you get the mentorship you find someone who's run the business and you figure out a way to be able to learn from them. Someone that's making seven, eight, nine figures, how can I serve them? How can I buy all of their products? How can I get to their events? How can I get into their inner circle? What's a way that I can serve them to get them to kind of notice me? And then how can I start learning from them? Because they've actually done it, right? Yeah. And, and so I would like to be able to create a space where like when people think of learning online business, when they think about learning digital sales and marketing and they're coming out of high school, instead of going to Harvard Business, right, they come to us. Mm -hmm. and at a fraction of the cost while learning from people that are actually doing shit. So like mm. one of the things I'm really excited about now is we ended up revamping like now we've had great courses and great things like that. And there's a difference between same thing with Harvard or same thing with every, any, any university, right? There's a difference between information and access. You look at MIT, I believe MIT gives away all of their curriculum for free online um, or something like that. Uh, I, I don't quote me on that way. Again, we have to check that, but there's some universities that give away all their shit online for free. So why would people go to school? Why would they go to school? Well, you're not paying for the information. You're paying for access. Hmm. You're paying for access to a, a teacher to walk you through, but to also have access to 30 other students or however many, a hundred students or however many that are in that class that you can be having conversation and bouncing ideas off of, right? And so you're paying for the access and the information, right? Anyone can just go online and find information. It's abundant. It's everywhere, right? But it's, it's the difference between having information and having access to the mentor, having access to the teacher, having access to the other students, having access to all that, that's what really makes the bigger difference. Um, mm. And so one of the things that we started seeing was that when we looked at, because even though I don't like the traditional education system, I think it's gone far beyond what it was meant to be in the beginning. And I think that they start charging absurd amounts of money and there's less and less jobs on the other end. And I just think there's a lot of the issues. But with that being said, I do think there are things that they do well. Um, 
And one of the things they do well is they're really good at getting people to absorb and retain information. Whether that information is relevant or not is a whole different conversation, but they're good at getting people to learn and adapt and, 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 and apply information. And so if we can look at what they do, what do they do? Well, they have cl small class sizes. They have an instructor or an expert, right? And so how can we kind of pull from what they're doing and just maybe shift with the education and training? And so we ended up doing a 12-week um, a accelerator where a 12-week program where we have an expert that's run a business that's done at least seven figures or more. So they've made a million or more. So you're learning from someone that's actually doing it. Um, you have a facilitator that's run at least a six-figure business that you have daily communication with that's giving your actions every single day. And over the period of 12 weeks, you have daily assignments every single week. And then every, at the end of the week, you have a meeting with the expert. So you're, you're, you're getting, you have the information, but you have a class size of 30. So, uh, we actually just switched to 40. So you have class sizes of 40, right? And so you're moving forward with the class that's all at the same level. You have a facilitator that's guiding you guys through with an expert every week. So you, guys, you have the ability to ask the questions to the expert and ask the questions to the facilitator. And you can co-mingle with the group. And it's, it's small enough groups where you get enough time and attention with the, with the facilitator, with the expert to ask your questions and make the most of it. And so by the end of the 12 weeks, you know how to build and optimize your very first campaign. You have ads, leads, and everything flowing. And, and different from GAZ, instead of them just learning ads now, we're teaching them how to be able to build their own pages, how to capture their own leads, how to do their own copywriting, how to do sale, like, like every aspect of the business. So in 12 weeks, they actually know how to drive traffic and convert that traffic into sales. And that's what it's like when people start to get that skill, I think that really unlocks everything. Um, I've been, I read a great book. I don't know if you read Sell Like Crazy by Savvy Subi. No, I've heard it. of it though. So good, man. Like, cause I, I've spent a lot of money on like events and courses and masterminds and, and, and all this shit to learn a lot of, of sales and marketing. And the amount that he put into that book that he gives away for 20 bucks is fucking crazy. Like it, it, it has everything from dialing in and understanding your ideal customer and where they hang out and who they speak with and what they talk about all the way up to like building the, all the marketing materials and, and everything, crafting the, crafting the Godfather offer. Um, and like every single piece of pretty much what we do, um, and, and copywriting every piece of it, it's all the way at the end. If you just go through the book with any product or service that you're trying to sell, it will literally walk you through everything all the way yeah. from having your avatar to building your offering, to creating your marketing materials, to how to sell and how to run paid traffic, uh, to, to every piece, how to sell like a doctor, which is one of the things that Cameron kind of introduced to us. So the consultative sales approach that allows us to do so much with high ticket sales, but it's really, 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 really good. And so like digital, like, like that skill set. if all you learned was digital sales and marketing, so that, for me now, like I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not smarter than anyone else. Like I, I spent a little bit of time and I'm good at a couple things. Like I'm not good at a lot of shit, but that skill that I have now, like I wouldn't be able to go into the fitness space now and be able to create all this stuff that I I've never been in the fitness space. I have no idea there. I've worked, you know, I, I enjoy the space. I like the space, but because I learned the skill set of, of direct response and digital, digital sales and marketing, I now know how to I know how to uh, identify who the perfect avatar is, right? Of the, of the offer, I, how to create the, the proper offers, how to create the direct response sales and marketing materials, how to find where that audience hangs out and how to position our offer in front of them. Like, because I know how to be able to do that, I can go into any industry ever and any business ever and, and be able to make, and make, it, make it work. And this is what's cool is that a lot of people get into business and say you're a chef and you own a restaurant, right? You think that your business 
is making the food, right? That's what you think your business is. Your business isn't making the food. Your business is selling the food to customers. Your business is getting yeah. customers into your store and selling them, right? Mm -hmm. You making the food is, is part of it, but your business is selling the customers. Yeah. Like one thing that people need to, the reason why businesses fail is not because they don't have a great product or a great idea. A lot of the time, that is a big portion. I shouldn't say that. That is a big portion is that the product just sucks yeah. and people don't, there's no demand for it. But a big part of it too is like, they have no idea how to sell. They have no idea how to sell. They have no idea how to find an audience that's actively looking for what they have to offer and they have no idea how to position their offer in front of them. Um, especially in the new age now, like it used to be that you could just put magazine ads or newspaper ads or, or put a billboard out or go on the radio, right? You can't do that shit now. Like, you know, yeah. you, like you got to look at right now, where are people hanging out? And right now people are hanging out on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. 10 years from now, they might be hanging out somewhere else. But right now, that's where they're hanging out. That's where their attention is. So if we know that, we need to be able to know how to be able to access those platforms and how to be able to do it effectively. How do we run paid traffic on those platforms and how do we do it a way that it's profitable? And, and once, you be, once you learn how to be able to do that, now, like when people come to me and they're like, hey, can you help me run this business? Or, hey, I know that you teach people this, but like I'm running this business and I want to start there. I always start people first, like learn sales and marketing first and don't learn it with your idea of what you think is the right business. Learn digital sales and marketing first. And then once you understand how to do that, then now think of your business idea that you want to do and take it and apply it to there. And anyone that I've seen do that exponentially increases the amount of results that those people get because now they, they know how to identify their ideal customer. They know where they hang out and they know how to position their offer in front of them and how to do it profitably. And once you know how to do that, now you can start looking at business ideas and you might look at that business idea and go, Hey, you know what? That one I wanted to start now that I know digital sales and marketing, mm, the numbers might not make sense there. And now you might have more of an awareness to look at different opportunities that are going to make sense because you know, digital sales and marketing, like, you know, how to, it's really how to, how to, find, how to get traffic and how to convert that traffic into sales, how to get an offer and get an audience and position it in front of them. Like it's, it's not that difficult. But once, once you do learn how to do that, it unlocks everything. Because if we, if we truly think, like, I think we can both agree, to have true freedom, you have to have some sort of, you have to be in some way, shape, or form, some sort of entrepreneur. Um, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. In some way, shape, or form, like, like, or some sort of sales. But if you, are, if you are limited by the amount of hours that you have to work, even if you make $1,000 an hour, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's, you're, yeah. you're capped there. You have to have some sort of leverage. And if we understand that, what's the easiest way to get there, right? Is it coming up with their own business idea? Let's just think about that for a second. When you come up with your own business idea, a lot of people don't realize how much goes into that. Like the research and development that you should be putting in to find out, one, can I create an offer that's even good? And mm -hmm. two, do people even want it? Is there a demand for it? Yeah. A lot of people just completely skip that part and go, I think this is cool, yeah. which I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. No one gives a fuck what we think. <laughs> That's so true. No one gives a fuck. No one cares. And this is why like, it's never been more important than now to be only making data-driven decisions. So when we go like, like based on data, based on market research, we find that, hey, there's a demand for this product and we can create an amazing product and we can position and put it in front of them, right? Not because I like it, not because I think it's a good idea, but because the data shows that there's a market, there's people spending here, it's growing 10% annually or year over year or whatever numbers you wanna look at, and we have the ability to create an amazing product and put it in there. 
then, then great. But we need to be making decisions based on data. We can't be doing it based on what we think is possible, like what we think is cool. And so there's a lot that goes into there. So there's so many variables of like, of what the product is and, and how big of a market it is and all these different pieces. There's so many variables there. So if I have to, from the very beginning of getting into entrepreneurship, learn sales and marketing and also do that, right? Mm. It's a lot. It's just a lot to do. Can you do it? I've seen people do it. You can, but, but it's just kind of stacking things against you a little bit. It's making, it's making it harder than it needs to be. When at first, Learn digital sales and marketing on something where like for us, we only, we, in our network, we only show offers that are proven to convert that we know convert that you don't have to think about. You don't have to think if there's a market for it. You don't have to think if there's demand for it. We are every single one. We have proven metrics for all of it. So now you don't have to think about is the pro is the offer good? Do people actually want to buy it? Uh, how do I position it? All that stuff's done. Just learn sales and marketing. And then now, because you don't have to worry about those variables, you can just learn sales and marketing. You can just learn how to drive traffic, how to convert that traffic into sales. And you can start to learn how to split test, how to write copy, what makes people tick. You can start to learn a lot of that stuff. And then once you get that, guess what? You're going to be making some money. And now that you've made money and have a skill set, you now take the money that you've made from there, invest it into whatever business that it is that you want to be able to start. And you take that skill set of digital sales and marketing and you couple that with that. Mm. And now all of a sudden you're in a position where you can, you can literally create whatever it is that you want to be able to create. You can get like that opens up the opportunities to everything. Um, and, and that's where like, I think if you focus there, it, it now, whether you want to be a yoga instructor, whether you want to run events around the world, whether you want to sell your own courses, whether you want to create your own supplements, whatever it is that you want to be able to do, I think when you learn that skill set, it's 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 really the most profitable skill set that you can have. And as an owner, that's your job is selling your product. Yeah. It's not just making your product, it's selling your product and no one's going to do it as good as you. I think you need to learn that part. You can eventually outsource it. Don't yeah. be wrong. You can't outsource it. But I think to start, that would be, if it was me and I were to restart over again, sales and marketing would be the first thing that I would learn. Okay. And then I would take that skill and I would apply it to whatever business that I wanted to start. Yeah, that's, dude, this is gold, man. Like, I love it because sometimes people just need to have it broken down like that. And what I find, what I found really cool is the whole idea of being able to write copy like when you guys used to teach us, like I remember hypnotic writing, what else do I have? Cash advertising, stuff like that. And I remember finding it so interesting that the headline, the picture, that's what really mattered. And like one little tweak, boom. And then, you know, I didn't have a ton of success, but there was a few ads where I was like, holy fuck. And then boom, 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 boom. And you're like, holy shit. Like that is fucking mind boggling how that happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it was, it's pretty interesting because when I first started, and this was like 2017, but even kind of, you know, Facebook lives were brand new, you know, it was really new and like videos of how people like shot videos. Like it was kind of like, you can just talk. It was kind of like the worst quality, the better, cause it was more relatable, but things changed. And where I'm going with this next question is how are, th how, first of all, what do you see has changed a lot from let's say 2017 to 2020 and where do you see people going wrong with their approach of selling? Because where I see it is there's too much, you do get this, buy this, show me this, promote this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, I don't yeah. care. Right? Yeah. Like for me, it's like, there's too much noise. 
Yeah. And I, I, I personally like to see the human and I like to hear about, see what they're doing by, by just showing who they are, you know, like that's, that's how I, I, I feel that things are where I, things that I see people doing wrong, where you sit with that. So it's a bit of a, bit of a loaded question, but, um, so, so I think the difference, the big difference is there's just more competition. Yeah. I think that's just really, it, it, it's more people are doing it. And so there's more competition here. So because more people are doing it, it, you have to become better. It's just like anything, you know, like anything playing hockey, you know, in the, in, in the beginning when the, when the league was first created, you had to be like good. But like you think about some of the guys that were in the league when the league first started compared to now, they wouldn't even make it. There'd be no chance. You watch some of the eighties games on TV. You're like, Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, like there's, there's, and it just why? Because more people started playing, it got yeah. more competitive, and you had to get better. So it's, it's, it's just the same. You, you got to get better. You got to treat it like, like I think a lot of people when they first started, especially with what we did, we really spoon fed people, uh, and 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 we did so much for them and just made them do a little bit, and they were making a lot of money doing like this little bit. Yeah. So that it, it, when they had to do more, which is what I had to do from the beginning, like I always had to do all of it. I never got the opportunity to just do like this little yeah. bit. Like that's just normal. But you, we kind of created this, like uh, it, we almost set them up in a bit because we automated so much of it that once they realized that they actually had to learn that stuff to, because now everyone's doing it. Now you have to actually learn to do it to compete. Yeah. Otherwise you don't, you don't make it. And it ended up being like, like a lot of people didn't want to do it, but uh, for the people that are willing to do it and, and you got to treat it just like, like if you put the same effort and energy for four years as you did to your college degree or your university degree, you wouldn't have an issue. Yeah. If you treated it with the same level uh, of like, you took it just as serious, meaning 40 to 80 hours a week, like, like, and, and if you're working at a job, it's just like, it's like, for example, when I first got started, I was working on a job 12 hours a day um, and I would come home, I would work for six hours and then I would sleep for six hours and I would do that six days a week and I did that for two years straight, right? I know a lot of people that work a job and then they go to school and they're doing the same kind of thing, six hours of sleep, even if it's eight hours of sleep, but like they're constantly working towards something. If you take that level of dedication, time, effort, and energy and put it to anything, you're going to get good at it. Um, the thing is is I feel like a lot of people treat it like a hobby. And I think that it's now beginning to the point because so many people are doing it, that people are taking a lot more seriously. And that's why you see some guys are really, really good at what they do. They're fucking amazing marketers. They're great business owners. There's great, like there's always been great business owners, but when it comes to like online marketing and things like that, um, it's really been the last five years, I guess 10 years maybe, but five years where people have really started um, going in there. And so, and, and like really, taking it to like a new level of sophistication. Like now before we could kind of just run ads and just put up ads and it would just kind of convert. Like yeah, it was funny we, we didn't have, we didn't have like crazy tracking in place. Like we didn't have like anything like that. Whereas now it's like, man, the amount of tracking we have, like I know everything everyone's ever seen ever of any of my marketing stuff. So, so when someone buys, I know every video they watched, how long they watched each one, every piece of material they've seen, every email they've opened, and I can speak to them based on what they've done. And I can position things in front of them based on what they've done. So it allows for a new level of experience that is, is extremely dynamic. And based on what they've done, they get different messaging. Based on what they liked, they get more of. Based on what they don't like, they get less of, right? Where, you know, 
you kind of got to do a lot of a lot of this stuff now to really to really start to, to to compete now do you start there no but if you start in the very beginning and you treat it just the same way as if you're going to school for four years and you put the same time effort and energy right just like anything like if you're going to be yeah. if you're going to be a pro in hockey like you're not going to get there if you fucking slack off and 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 go to practice one day and then don't show up for a week yeah. and then go to practice the next day like you've got to fucking play you got to get out there you got you got to get moving and a lot of people it's it, it's what I see the most of is the lack of consistency and they think that they can just start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop and get there. And you just can't. No. I see, like, it's not about hustling and doing a fucking million hours of work every single day. Can that help? Yes. But it can also lead to burnout. Like it's yeah. more so important to, to find out what is sustainable for you to do every day. What, and if that means it's only an hour, but I know that I, for every single day, I will never hit burnout and I can commit to every day spending an hour, then start there. And then after you do that for 66 days, increase it to an hour and a half or two hours and then commit to that for another and, and, and start building the habit. It, I think that's a big part too, is like building successful habits, mm -hmm. um, building successful habits. It's, it's just because it's getting more competitive we have to be better. It's, it's, and where do you see people going wrong though? Like what, what, ah, what yeah. triggers you like on, like, because I mean, obviously maybe triggers the wrong word, but like sometimes, no, I, you know, I on know Facebook, mean, it's like, fuck, like, you're just like, why are you doing so, that? So, yeah. So, <laughs> so one thing that, that drives me nuts is, 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 so when, when, when you don't have like, when you don't have all the right information and you kind of make really crazy claims about shit that you don't know what you're talking about, oh, like yeah. that stuff drives me nuts. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it's like sometimes when you're watching someone and they're fucking hitting themselves in the head with a hammer. Yeah. It's like, I want to fucking say something, man. But it's like, it's like, geez. So that on one sense, when you're just, when you're, so but on the other hand, the one thing that I say would drive me nuts is that people just think that their product is so good that people should just buy it from them, that the product sells itself and that I can just come out and shout from the rooftops, buy my shit and people are going to buy it. It's way, way, way past that point now. There's no fucking way. It's way too noisy for you to fucking do that now. Yeah. There's no way. And so we need to be putting goodwill out into the marketplace before we ever start asking for sale. Um, we can't just fucking get people to buy shit anymore. Like people buy from people they like, know, and trust. And that's never been more true than it is today. Fuck and so yeah. you need to build that rapport with customers. They need to know that not only are you, are you good at what you do, but that you can actually help them and you need to prove that you can help them. And so more than ever now, a lot before we could talk about how we could help them and then we could sell them a product. Right. I think it's more so now where everyone's saying they can help them and people are losing trust and they're not really believing that everyone can help them. So you need to demonstrate how you've helped other people. You need to show and prove that you can help them. You need to prove that you've helped other people. And so in the very beginning, that can be tough, right? That can be tough when you don't got testimonials and you don't have people that can vouch for you to prove that you can actually help them. And so it can be a bit more of a grind in the beginning there. But what that means is it might mean in the beginning that you do some work for free. It might mean in the beginning that you give heavy, heavy discounts for people in, in exchange for testimonials. It, it, you might need to switch up the way that you're doing stuff in the beginning. And, and I think the work for free way is, I get it, I get it, it's tough, but I think 
I think everyone has this unrealistic expectation that they want just instant gratification. They want shit to just blow up overnight. And it's just never going to happen. It's never going to fucking happen. Like a lot of people look at me and then, oh, you're making $100,000 a month. Oh, you're one day you're making $1,600 a month. Next day you're making $100,000 a month. No, I fucking didn't. Like that was seven fucking years. You of work your ass off, bro. You, you know, like that's a lot. So, so it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. shit, shit hasn't changed. So, you, know, you know, shit hasn't changed. If you put that same level of energy, you would probably make more money than me. Bro, if, you have always I, given value. That's the thing. You always show up giving value though. Like you always value. It was never like, I can say that, you know, you, you're, you've always led, you know, not with fear, with love. You know, you're either leading with love or fear. Always, man. And the value, and that's what people gravitate towards, man. Like that is, that is what I, that, that's what I, that's the thing as well. Like I could just, that's how I like to operate too, man. Like I just want to be true and add value. And what else do we have other than that is our truth. And it's like, it didn't even become, it's, it's just about the person. It's like, it's like who, do you, somebody could be selling the same thing, but which person makes you feel better about yourself? Like, which can you yeah. connect better with? And you're like, okay, I like that person. I resonate with that person. It's yeah. like, I want more of what they do. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think, yeah, if you stop focusing about the money more so, yes, money is important. And, and I'm not saying don't think about money and don't focus on money at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying yeah. is like, is money is not the only thing. And it's not. And if you just are searching for money, and I did that in the beginning, it's an empty fucking battle. Like there's nothing there. It's not, no amount of money is going to make you happy. No amount of money is going to make you feel fulfilled. Like I was the most excited time I ever had when it came to money was the first time I made $25 off an ad. I've made millions of dollars since then. The part that made me the most excited was the first time I made 25 bucks. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's not the fucking money. Like, yes, it's cool, but it's cool. And that wears off and you're like, I'm yeah. still the same fucking person. I'm still doing the same shit. Like I, I'm not happier now. Like, yeah. and, and so if, if we know that, and sometimes you got to go through that experience to know that, like there's a difference. Our, our language is crazy where there's like three different uh, meanings for the word no and knowing. And like, there's no, yeah. like, Oh, I've heard of that before, but there's a difference between like, Oh, I've heard of that. And like, I know, like I I've experienced it. Um, and sometimes you got to fucking learn that way. I know for me, I, I did, uh, and it's a slap in the face and it's not fun. And if you can don't and learn the other way, but, but if you can go, so where I'm long winded answer to get to that is, is, is if you focus on crazy, crazy concept, actually give a fuck like craziest strategy ever actually give a fuck about the people and customers meaning that don't in the beginning in the beginning don't give a fuck about making money at all for the first couple of years like don't just don't worry about it focus on how can i serve the most amount of people and actually give them a benefit and so if that means if i'm a yoga instructor and i'm a yoga teacher and i want to do this stuff online um especially right now where they're like that's the only way you can do it Let's say you're going to do that, right? Give people free fucking classes. Let people come to your ship for free for a little bit. Give them, uh, give them a huge discount if you do a retreat or, or give them one-on-one -on -one time for free or, or, or whatever, like whatever you can do to put goodwill out into the marketplace. What's going to happen is you do that for a fucking year. If every year you gave one person a free one-hour session 
for the whole for a day every day for a year and then you let people have a free seven day access to your class and you kept doing that you didn't charge a single fucking dollar you just did that for a whole year by the end of that year all of their friends they're gonna go like fuck i got this for free hey sue hey fucking krista come check this out hey bob come check by the end of the year you have hundreds if not thousands of people that are in here that are all learning from you because and you haven't made a dollar but guess what when you go hey i'm doing a retreat next month and we're gonna go out here we're gonna go to fucking peru look at ashley we're gonna go to peru and we're gonna do this and and you can make a lot of money going and doing that but you build the groundwork first you serve people first you provide value first you do that so much so that people get to the point where they're like i'm getting so much for free what am i going to get when i actually pay for something and as soon as you start doing that now it's not even a hard sell they love you so much because you've been giving so much to them you've been providing value they know like and trust you because they've got to know you over the last year because you didn't come out and go buy my shit buy my shit buy my shit and if you don't buy my shit then fuck off like yeah. it, it's like you you come from a place of whether you buy my shit or not i'm gonna help you yeah and when you do that, people are naturally attracted to that. They want to be around people like that. Yeah. And, then, and then when you constantly come from that place, when it does come the time for you to sell your service or sell your product, there's going to be no guard up. They're going to be like, fuck yeah, I've been waiting for you to sell me something. Yeah. Fuck, you that's, know? Like, that's gold, bro. That's fucking gold, man. I, are you okay for time, bro, by the way? Uh, I, yeah, I have. I'm can, good can, my, yeah, I'm good till three. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, yeah, I just want to make sure. Cause sometimes we go along I'm, as long as you're good. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, good I'm good, man. I'm good. I, um, I, I wanted to talk about this thing because we're, this is, this is good stuff. Is that okay. With free content, this will be good for a lot of people wondering right now, especially at the time we're at. And even for myself, there was so much, there was a time where like you're talking about giveaway, lots of stuff for free, lots of stuff. And then there's theories that, well, don't you want to, because then, even if you show the price or if you give too much away, then people will, you know, copy your idea or there's just different philosophies on now. It's like, you know, don't do coaching for free at all. Don't do this for free. And it's really, for me, I'm like, okay, like I've heard hearing this. I, I love hearing this because I've, you hear different things because there is a lot of free information. Yeah. But then some people say, don't do that. And I guess, cause now we have an overload of information. Like, where would one, where, I guess what I'm saying is like, where would one be more useful than the other? Or do you still believe, cause I'm with you. I'm like, I'm the value, value, man. And then you want to do business because they've given so much to you. It's like access. It's like, yeah. right. And yeah. it's the human. It's like the connection. It's like, yeah, I want to support this person. But then there's that other side where people are like, well, no, you want to charge. You want to always charge. And I'm like, it's really conflicted. I think a lot of people are sort of in that, that point right now in their life too. And, and so Good question. It's a really good question because there is, there is both sides here. And now you have to, we have to get to that. There's when we don't charge, right? Sometimes what that can do mentally to us mm. is associate that we don't have value. So we can't charge. Right. And so it can be, it can be a difficult thing here. What I firmly believe is when you're first starting anything, no matter what, uh, an easy way to start to get your name out there, is to start doing stuff for free. I think it's very difficult to really even charge what you're worth or even, you know, you might in the beginning not be worth that much when you first starting and you're first learning it. So you kind of have to do stuff for free. Mm -hmm. um, 
I totally like the thing is some people will do stuff for free and they never get to the point of charging and they start, they do it for so long that they just don't believe that they have value and they don't believe that they can charge anything. And that that's a whole other issue. And then you can get into that. Now it, it's, it's a tightrope. You got to kind of walk. I do believe that you, you have some way, shape or form where you give stuff for free. Um, and that's maybe your entry level stuff. Now it could be that you from the beginning still have products and services that you sell, but on the very front end, I think there should be something, some sort of, if you read sell like crazy, like some sort of at least high value content offer. And what do you, what do you, essentially it's a fancy word of saying lead magnets really. Um, so, but something that you can give away for free that makes the customer feel, Hey, I got so much value out of this. And if I got this for free, what am I going to get when I buy something now? That can mean right away, like you still have, pro it's not that you don't have to go for a full year never selling anything. You don't actually have to do that. Um, you can be selling right out of the gate. But what I'm meaning is, is you should have some way that people can get into your ecosystem and start to learn and get to know you and like you without having the barrier to entry being price. Mm. And so if that means you just put out more valuable content, and that's your way of putting goodwill out to the marketplace. It could be coding a, a, a Facebook group that you provide a lot of value in and then you sell inside of the group, but you give a lot of value inside of the group too, right? But some way, shape or form where people can get into your ecosystem without having to purchase something and you can start to cultivate your own audience, right? Otherwise, now, don't get me wrong, can you put together a low ticket offer and cultivate an audience of buyers? For sure, for sure you can. Um, I, I know a lot of people that do that. I, I, you know, um, I think when you're first getting started, you, you can do, you could, you could do both. Um, but I, I, when I started, I just did everything for free. I did everything for free. Um, I gave away as much as I possibly could in content. Um, I spent a lot of time with people. If they messaged me in a messenger, I would fucking answer everyone back. It's gone to the point where I can't fucking do that anymore. I can't but imagine uh, what your messenger <laughs> what your messenger looks like. I can't can't do it anymore. But in the beginning, when you have the time, you definitely do it. Right, spend the most time you can, and, and really and, and and really really do that. I think when it comes down to it, it doesn't mean don't sell. Now, it, it you still like doesn't mean don't sell. And so I get where you're saying where you're like, some people are like, you know, don't give away things for free. Now, I don't think it's as black and white of being like, you either give things away for free or you sell. Yeah. I think there's a combination there. Yeah. And I think there's a way that you can give away stuff for free and you still can have things that you sell. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that I, I just think the more stuff that you, the more value you can provide, your income is directly proportionate to the amount of value that you provide to the marketplace. Jim Rohn. I don't, I, I don't think that changes. I, I, I think that I think that the more value you can provide to the marketplace for free, the more you're going to be able to sell. But if you just give stuff away for free and you don't have anything to sell and you're not selling anything, then yeah, I don't think that's, you know, if you don't have an intention of later on coming and selling something and you're just giving things away for free, like you're not going to make money. Like you, you won't. But at the same time, if you just sell things and you don't provide any value at all up front and you don't have any way for people to get to like, know, and trust you up front, I think you're just fighting a little bit more of an uphill battle. I think that if you can combine the two and you have a way for people to get to like, know, and trust you, whether that's valuable uh, social media content, whether that's a group where you curate and cultivate a community and, 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 and value-based content, um, or, or you have some sort of ebook or video series or something that you give away for free, and then 
then when people get to know you and like you and trust you, it's much, much easier to go and sell them things later. And you can let them know up front. Like here, I'm gonna give away this stuff for free. When you get inside of my group, there are offers that I'm gonna sell you. And based on what you're, where you're at, there are some things that might be a good fit. There are some things that might not be. And maybe you might not buy anything and you might just hang out. But just so you know, there are gonna be offers in there. Um, and I really believe in them and I do believe that I can help and serve a lot of people. And so I will be making those offers because I have an ethical obligation to do so. Mm. Um, you know, you don't have to hide the fact that you're selling shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that people are that, that weird fear around selling. (laughs) It's like, that's, that's, I think where you're bringing and the people that say that more where they're like, you got to sell is, is because some people do have that fear of selling. And so it's, it's almost like they never get to the point of actually selling because they just give things away free and they're scared of selling. And yes, I do feel that there's, there's an issue there. You do have to get comfortable selling and you do have to get, uh, that is a big part of it. That is a big, big, big part of it. But if you have a great product and a great service and you know, you have the ability to help people, you have an ethical obligation to sell them. Yeah. That's like, such a good point, bro. You know, like, I don't know. I, yeah, like it's, it's, you're doing them a disservice by not selling them. Now, someone that that is not in a position to be buying your product and could buy it, but they probably shouldn't. It's probably more expensive than they should be paying. They maybe don't, they, they, they don't have the right expectations of what it is and you still sell them. That's, yeah. that's an issue. That's a problem, right? You need to make sure the customer is a right fit that you actually them. And if you can't, then you don't sell them. Yeah. Ethics, right? ethics is number one. You, you, you have to have that. You have to, I turned down like now, like it's crazy to think like we turn down a lot where people have money, they have the money, but they just, they either, the way that they're talking or their positions or the issues that they bring up, or they just, you know, maybe it's just not the right fit. Or they're like, this is my last money and I don't have any other money. It's like, okay, that's not a good position to be in. Like, yeah. no, this, this is not, this is not where you do. Get this stuff sorted first. And then when you get that stuff sorted, come back and we can talk about it. But you don't take someone's money just to take their money. Like you have yeah. to make sure that you can actually have the ability to serve them. You can actually help them. And if you can, then great and do that. But if you can't, or if they're not in a position to be paying whatever it is that they're paying for your service or product and, and it's their last money and, and then, yeah, I don't think you can do that. Well, you can, but I don't think it's right to do I, I love it, man. That's it's, it's ethical. And just you saying that is just so important, right? It's yeah, man. Oh dude, this is gold. Like <laughs> so much value, bro. Like, where if for everybody that is curious and want to learn more about you and affiliate institute how do they find you and uh what's the best place to check you out um best place to find me right now is probably on instagram uh at matthew jang at m-a-t-h-i-e-u-j-a-n-g um that yeah best point of contact for now is there yeah awesome and dude we always uh round it up with this question here for a takeaway for the audience. It's a uh, pretty standard and I love it because everybody's got a different answer every time <laughs> out of all the adversity and challenges you faced. What is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? Every temporary defeat comes with it a seed of equal or greater benefit. I think that that I used to look at adversity as being the worst thing that could possibly happen you know, any struggle, any pain point was the worst. It was horrible. And it would completely throw me off. Um, to the point I like, I was like, you're saying you're negative. I was negative. And if anything bad happened, I fucking blew up. 
right? I was fucking loose cannon. Um, what I started to realize is that actually through Demartini was the one that really made me realize it. But when I read Think and Grow Rich, there was a quote in there. It says, every temporary defeat or adversity comes with it a seed of equal or greater benefit. I did not understand what that meant when I first heard it. I just kind of had it in the back of my mind and, and I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, I read The Breakthrough Experience by Dr. John Demartini yes. and he starts talking about how everything's in balance yeah. and you can't have positive without negative. And so it, it all of a sudden made me think of that quote and like, oh, so every, every defeat or adversity comes with something of equal or greater benefit, like everything's in balance. So if something really bad happens or any adversity or any problem or any struggle, I know something just as good, if not better, has to happen to balance it out. And so now all of a sudden when I have adversity or hard times or things that come up, I almost get excited. And I'm almost like, it, I'm not excited about this situation. The situation fucking sucks. But the shittier it gets, almost the more excited I get. Because I'm like, it has, something has to balance yeah. it out. Because, and, and, and at first I didn't get that, but, but, throughout life the more adversity i've faced the more bad the shit that's happened if i looked at it through that perspective it always balanced out something always yeah. ended up happening that was that was great that couldn't have happened if that bad thing didn't happen mm. you know like and so it's 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 really it's really crazy. even even like the one that that really really sticks out I was in a relationship for a really really long time before i met cameron uh like on and off for like 10 years and I got the opportunity to go stay at Cameron's house. Um, and it was the ultimatum. It was basically, I can stay with her and be with her, or I can go to Cam's. And so at me at that point in time, it was the biggest pain I've ever had. The biggest adversity. I'm like, I'm like, I can't, you know, fuck man, I can't do this. But because of me going through that pain and because of me accepting it and having that, which I seemed at the time was like my world fucking destroyed, you know? Because of that happening, I ended up getting to meet my mentor and allowing me to learn and develop a skill set that fucking changed my whole entire life that if I stayed with her, I never would have got. So even though it was super painful and it fucking sucked and I hated it and I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen after it, I'm so fucking grateful that that happened because I wouldn't have been able to have the life I have now if it didn't. And there's numerous times where stuff like this happens. So now whenever I get faced with those really hard you know, hard times to deal with. I just have to trust that something, there's a reason why this is happening. I don't fucking like that this is happening right now, but there's something that's going to happen in the future that could only be possible because of this happening. So I just have to accept and trust that it's going to work out. Mm, dude, love it. And that we'll have that in the show notes too, the breakthrough experience, all the books we talked about. That book was huge, man. Another recommendation you gave that I remember, dude, you brought that up. That's the exact thing that I tell people too. I'm like, life is a balancing act. It's like, it's not, you can't have one or the other. And it's like that with fears too. When you face your fear, yeah, you're facing it. But like, there's going to be a gift on the other side of it. There's a quote by Joseph Campbell too, about going into the cave for the gold or whatever. You got to go through the cave in order to get, I'm not even sure I'm butchering it, but <laughs> you know, there, there's always, there's always that gift. There's always that treasure on the other side of the darkness or the other side of the fear. And what I, yeah, like when you can get comfortable with that fucking feeling it and not running away from it, even though it sucks shit, it's okay. You got to feel it. And then, but you know that you learn the lesson and you move on and something is coming out on the other side. It's always like that. It's the rule, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's totally, just so man. important to have that perspective. 
And it's funny because like, there's so many different analogies for that and it's all the same message. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, man. Well, dude, thank you so much, man. This was fucking dope. Dude. Thank you, man. It was a ton of fun, bro. Ton of fun. Yeah. We'll definitely do another one in person once oh. all this craziness dies down. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right, brother. Cool. Matthew Jang, everybody. Thanks everybody. Go check out Matt Jang's Instagram. Follow him. He's, he was a huge piece in my transformation, transformation out of the bar industry and into this whole other world because of the skills that he was teaching and, and helping people um, obtain books to read, all that stuff, all that stuff you guys heard in the interview. I would highly suggest you follow him right now. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button and stay on top of everything. Stay safe, guys. I appreciate you so much. We'll catch you next time.